If you are just getting started with the NGSS and 3D teaching, I want to invite you to check out Bring Wonder Back, an on-demand video series designed to help you understand why moving through the textbook and teaching topics is actually crushing your students' curiosity and what you can do instead. It's going to help you shift the work of learning where it belongs by building your understanding of explorations and discovery-based teaching practices. And finally, I'm going to help you take the first steps toward transforming your students into scientists through 3D learning, which is really what the NGS is all about. You can access this video series at iExploreScience/wonder and get ready to bring wonder engagement and a love for learning back to your science class. All right, to the show. Welcome to the Teaching Science in 3D podcast. My name is Nicole Van Tassel. And I'm Erin Sadler. And we are two science teachers dedicated to helping you cut through the confusion and meet the intent of the NGSS so you can master all three dimensions. The NGSS can seem totally overwhelming, but implementing these standards doesn't need to be. Hey guys, this is Nicole Van Tassel, and I am here with... Erin Sadler. And uh, you're listening to the Teaching Science in 3D podcast, in case you didn't know. Um, But today we are continuing our conversation about engineering. So last time we talked about these like levels of, you know, engineering or familiarity with engineering incorporating it into your classroom. We encouraged you to identify kind of where you're at on this, you know, spectrum. Um, So Erin, do you want to just really quick like review, let's review some of those levels first? Sure. So we talked about the first level is you're just not doing it at all. You're just ignoring engineering completely and you're you're not thinking about it at all in your classroom. Um, the second level is doing some type of bonus project, like maybe a spaghetti tower or something like that in your classroom. The third level is doing some sort of project attached at the end, or maybe you're um, embedding little pieces along the way, like for example, showing them, having them identify criteria and constraints, but it's not completely um, embedded into your unit. And then the fourth level is totally embedding it into your unit so that it's, it's pretty seamless. I'm sorry, Aaron, I think it, I cut, it cut off or something. You said it's to, it's totally embedded into your unit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So those are the four levels. Sorry, I was checking my microphone. And also, I just want to apologize if anybody's hearing my toddlers screaming upstairs. I'm going to try to remove it from the recording, but just a heads up. Uh, We are recording this on a family day. (laughs) Yeah. And also, Nicole and I have to deal with the the time difference because I'm in California and she's in Pennsylvania. So we always have a three-hour time difference. So it's seven o'clock my time. So I literally just got out of bed. So So this is going to be an interesting episode for everybody. But anyway, (laughs) no, we're good. Okay. Awesome. So we're going to go through each level now and just give like maybe just a couple, you know, ideas. And I also kind of feel like I need to say this disclaimer. I'm not an engineering expert. Um, There are definitely teachers out there. You might be one of them that are doing that have done way better and have a better understanding of engineering. Um, I shared, you know, last time I was kind of anti-engineering for a long time because I didn't feel, you know, I, I felt like I was stuck in the spaghetti towers level and I'm like, I don't see the point of this. So, you know, 
these are just some ideas of things that we have done that have helped us kind of go to the next level or things that we could see, like this would be an easy way to just take it one step further, but we'd also love to hear your ideas. So if you, you know, are listening to the podcast and you're on Instagram, like share what you're doing and tag us. Or if you're in the face in any of our like Facebook groups or following our Facebook page, like we want to hear from you and know, and you know, understand maybe the awesome ways you are incorporating engineering um, as well. So I just kind of want to say that disclaimer. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And also I think that part of the trickiness of it is just coming up with that initial idea. And then once you have that initial idea, it's a lot easier to, you know, like fully embed engineering in your unit, but yeah, it it really helps to have like a starting point. So if you have ideas, please share it with us. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So if you are literally not doing anything with engineering right now, what do you think would be like the first step you should do? Um, I would suggest that you start looking at the engineering standards for your grade level band, and then also look at the NSTA matrix for the science and engineering practices, because each science and engineering practice has an engineering component embedded. So it's the SEPs are always for science and engineering. And so at the bottom, they always talk about what it would look like for engineering. Yeah, they're not separate at all. So you're not going to go find like a separate engineering matrix or whatever, it's literally with those, the science and engineering practices. So you can see that analyzing in data in a science concept context and in an engineering context for each of those. Um, I also want to like add to that, just, yeah, just, just this general idea of getting familiar with like what engineering is and really starting to investigate how it's more than building stuff. Like I always thought of just building stuff when I thought of engineering. And then when I started to learn about what engineering was through this like STEM program that I worked in for a while, um, I realized like there's all these different kinds of engineers and they all do things differently. You know how you have your industrial engineers who are like designing systems and you have your civil engineers that are mapping out cities. And, you know, so even just understanding all of the different like representations of engineering um, can give you more creative ways to start bringing that into your science classroom. So, you know, looking at the practices and seeing what it looks like in what students are doing and also looking at what, like what you said, Erin, and then like looking at what engineers are doing in the real world and going beyond just your maybe mechanical engineer um, to like looking at what what other engineers exist, you know, chemical, biomedical, and I, I don't I'm just making things up. I don't really know, but lots of different kinds of engineers. (laughs) For sure. I'm going to get my second vaccine today. And, um, the, the, the army is basically like doing the vaccines where I'm going and the engineering behind, like how they have structured it for you to drive through and then wait for 15 minutes in your car. And everything is so seamless. It's, there's like no wasted wait time. Yes. Yeah, exactly like that. Like I always remember when I learned about, again, like industrial engineers, it was like, you know, what makes you get your burger the fastest at McDonald's? Like you don't think about that thing, those things. And you don't think about how that's like an engineer behind the layout of it and the process of it and all of that. But that's another example of engineering. So I just encourage you to kind of look at the different manifestations of engineering or whatever. And I think also- that's the first step. Yeah. Also, I think um, NSTA has some pretty good books that you can check out too. So that's a good place to start. And we'll, I'll look some up and put them in the show notes. Some of the ones that I really like. 
Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. NSTA has a lot, so many good books. I love, I love their little library. Also, if you ever want to get free books from NSTA, this is just a random side note. Um, I highly recommend applying for the Shell Science Lab Challenge. I think that's what it's called currently still. Um, I was like a recipient of it for like two different times and you got like $300 worth of NSTA books and a bunch of other things for your classroom, but the books were really exciting to me. Um, so I, yeah, random side note, I think it's something that they probably were applications and stuff start. No, maybe they start in the fall. Anyway, sorry, random side note. If you ever want free NSTA books, look at their awards because you always get NSTA books when you win an award there. Okay. So <laughs> That was a random plug for NSTA. We're not affiliated with NSTA, just side note. No, they're, random they're a plug. really good resource. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so then the next level is like your spaghetti towers. You might be throwing it in on like a, oh, I have a half day, I need to fill it. Or here's a party day, I need to do something. Here's my team building activity at the beginning of the year. Obviously, the situation looks a little different now because it's harder to do, you know, with COVID restrictions some of these tasks, but maybe this was you in the past or, you know, where you would find yourself most comfortable incorporating engineering. So what are some ways that we can maybe take that up to the next level a little bit? Um, I, it's a really good idea to start with some sort of phenomenon and tie it to a phenomenon. Cause that just levels it up a little tiny bit and yeah. makes it more relatable. And it, it also helps you maintain that structure that you're doing with your other stuff. Yes. Yeah. So you can still do it as like a filler day, but you know, instead of here, we're going to figure out how to make this egg not break, which, okay, maybe is fun for some kids, but like other kids might be like, I don't care if the egg breaks, like, why are we doing this? You can add that level of like, well, where in the real world might you need to design a device that's going to dr like drop, but also keep something protected. Um, I've seen as an example for that, people talk about dropping like food and, and medicine and aid and things like that using helicopters in like war torn regions or whatever. Um, so whether or not that's your phenomenon that you're tying it to, it's just adding that level, I think adds a little bit of the context. And like you said, like you're, we are aiming to do that in our classroom with our science content. So we can kind of parallel that with these engineering tasks um, still not totally tied to your instruction. So, you know, you're still just working your way up, but like you're getting a little bit of that phenomena tie in. For sure. This is a good, um, a good one in tying to like animal behavior and stuff like that, because I, I know locally there's a lot of projects where you could do like, um, building bird boxes and stuff like that to where it's like a little tiny, you know, like side project. It's not necessarily tied into your, to your directly to your unit, but you could start incorporating engineering that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, that's awesome. Yes. So we also, um, the next like level that we talked about was if you're doing either little bits into your instruction, like maybe you are talking about the criteria and constraints of a problem, um, in a lesson, or you're doing like a final project of, like here's you did all your science instruction and now now it's time to apply it and now it's time to do a final project to like assess it so what are some ways that we can bring that up just a little bit more well i it it's very helpful to tie it to your anchoring phenomenon so look at your anchoring phenomenon and consider doing something that's more problem based for your anchoring phenomenon so I saw a project where 
um, where students were supposed to look at electricity bills and different types of insulation and stuff like that. So a similar like heat conduction, ah. unit, but it was tied to a real world phenomenon, a real world world problem. So, okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Cause I think a lot of times we, you know, you have your anchor and you go through the science stuff and then you do the project just at the end, but maybe there's not as a strong of a tie. And this is, I still feel like a more advanced level of using engineering. And, you know, I, I was not at this level for a really long time. Um, but, but, it, but we're just kind of saying, you know, how you can even take it a little bit further. So if you're not at this level, don't feel bad, I guess is my point. Um, I was also thinking too, when you are, you know, a lot of times, I don't want to say a lot of times, often we do backward plan. We have our assessment in mind and then we go backwards. But sometimes, you know, in the real world where you don't have time to maybe put all of your pieces together and you go through the unit and then you add the project at the end, or you might have an idea of what you want to do, but you are still maybe don't have it fleshed out before you begin. So I just think the next level is kind of thinking about what your project is that you want them to do at the end, but have them start it early on. So it's kind of that same like problem-based learning, but it's like the whole unit is geared toward doing or the whole storyline, the whole instruction is geared toward completing that project. So it does require that level of, I know what I'm doing before I start, which some years are easier than others. Um, but you know, if you can have them maybe starting to design a prototype early on, and then as they are going through the unit, they go back and they're revising their prototype versus go through the unit and then have them apply the apply the um the science to designing their thing I think that's a little bit more representative also just engineering and this like iteration process because a lot of times we do a project and really the end with engineering it doesn't just end at the first prototype you are testing it and then you are revising it and we don't always have time to do that in the in the classroom because again it just takes up time so this kind of provides that iteration cycle where you're doing it. Maybe you do some kind of test, you learn something new about the science and then you come back and revise it and it builds in a little bit more, I think. Yeah. That was something that I always struggled with where it was just like a, you know, like a one or two day thing because I didn't have time for all that revision by the time that we actually got to the project. Cause I was like, Oh, we need to be done. So yes, exactly. So I, I think maybe if you can even just have one cycle in the middle of the unit, and then it's still giving them a little bit of that feel of evaluating your projects and redesigning based on what you've learned. Yeah, absolutely. And the final level. <laughs> so the final level, I think, is something that is like the final level for everything is really making a connection to the community in some way. And that's, I think, the ultimate goal for everything that we're doing. So designing an engineering part project that relates directly to the community that you're in or bringing in somebody from the community to talk about engineering projects in your area or something like that. Yeah, I think there's there really are opportunities in, I mean, I guess it depends where you are, but in a lot of places, there's opportunities to, to team up with a a company or a, an organization or, you know, to actually have students maybe solve some kind of problem to, um, dis, I don't know, like, in my area, we have rusty crayfish, which are invasive species. Like maybe students could design some kind of trap for those and work with a, a local organization that can build or create or manufacture or distribute those or something. Um, 
or, you know, even just like a local company, if you don't have an organization, maybe there's companies that you can kind of team up with and they can show you how what students have learned applies and, and maybe do something with that. I mean, I just think there's opportunities if we, if we dig a little bit to partner with, like you said, community groups. And that is for sure like the ultimate goal because we want students to be a part of the real world even while they're a part of our science classrooms. Absolutely. We have the most phenomenal robotics teacher in like locally and he, he gets the kids internships for the summer to work with local companies. So that's like a totally cool tie in that you can do with, with older kids, high school age. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So I think that just like takes it to the next level is just really making it meaningful, not just in your classroom, but in your community. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, this is a short episode, but I hope this gave you guys some like, you know, ideas to get started or to continue or incorporating engineering into your classroom, into your lessons. Um, and just thinking about it even, you know, well, and we don't want to overwhelm you. We want to give you like one little thing that you can do because I mean, I think we, we throw a lot of things in your direction, so we don't want to make it too complicated. Just a couple of quick things that, that you can do in your classroom. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Yeah. And if you are overwhelmed listening to us, then just remember, you don't have to do everything. Everybody takes baby steps. You have to crawl before you walk. Like, you know, we are all moving in the, in that direction. So this is just, if you are ready and you're feeling ready, like I want to bring in more engineering right now. um, These are just some ideas to like get started with it. Absolutely. And a great way to also increase your engagement in your classroom, which I know um, I'm hearing from a lot of teachers that engagement is dropping quite a bit right now. So this might be a fun way to bring it back in. Yeah, that's true. There's a lot of, there's a lot of kids that, you know, maybe we don't catch them so much with the science aspects, but they might really like tune into kind of the engineering and the problem solving and the the creativity that kind of goes with that, that, I mean, it's absolutely a part of science too, but like, Obviously, we just all have we're all you little unique people. So awesome. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you're enjoying the podcast, please, you know, give us a review. Let us know what you think. Share the episode. Um, we'd love to connect with you. Um, I know that's all I got, Erin. Any final words? <laughs> um, we are starting to get a lot of followers over on the teaching science underscore in 3D Instagram account. So if you want, follow us there. Perfect. Yes. Awesome. All right. Well, we will catch you guys later. Have a wonderful rest of your week and we yeah, have a good one guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Making sure that your lessons are three-dimensional isn't always easy. While you don't need to include all three dimensions every single day, you do want to make sure that each dimension is regularly addressed. I developed a really simple 3D planner to help keep me focused. It helps me track which pieces I'm using in my daily lesson plans. It only takes me five minutes to fill out, and it helps me notice patterns in my own lesson planning. For example, when I first started using it, I noticed I wasn't including the cross-cutting concepts as often as I thought I was. Just by recognizing this, I was able to focus on this one piece and improve my lessons. Right now, you can grab the same template that I use for my own planning for free. Go to sadlerscience.com slash 3D planner to grab yours. That's sadlerscience.com slash 3D planner.